Super Bowl Sunday is two days away. Super Bowl. Sorry for the delay, but Mike, it's great to be back with you here. Welcome to Scorpions Quarterly, your quarterly headquarters for advice on scorpions. And you are? I'm Mike Gambuto. I am the scorpion expert of the East Coast. Ooh, you've got that market cornered. Yeah, there's a lot of competition, but, you know, I stay on top of things with Scorpion News. And I'm just a roving uh, beat reporter for Scorpion Quarterly. That's right. You're, you're the investigative field reporter. You, I hear about the trends, and you go see if there's any truth or reality to them. You're in the field specking out what's going on in the Scorpion That's right. community. And anyone that wants to know can follow me on my exclusive channel on Scorp Chat. Um, Scorp Chat. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, where I... I I, I snap pictures of scorpions and put them up on, on my Scorp chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do real well. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's been a couple of years, but it's getting yeah. some traction. <laughs> Are you buying your followers? Oh, I have 2,000 followers. I bought them all. Oh, I'm way past that. That, that was... That was years ago. I bought people. I bought followers. I'm I'm more on the. I, I'm I have a contact in Russia. I don't buy followers. Escorts, prostitutes, yeah, once in a while, but not followers. I don't. That's Whoa, unethical. Controversial, controversial take yeah. right off the bat. Hot takes. But let's talk Super Bowl, Vin. It's been oh. two weeks of the hype machine spinning out of control. <laughs> we had it? rumors and. Stories and lies and oh, it's it's a classic Patriots Super Bowl stretch. Well, let's talk about that because I, I, here's here's the here's the viewpoint I wanted to 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 bring to this. Um, I here in Arizona, there I have to like go out of my way a little bit to to find information. Like it's they're not really reporting on it the same way the Northeast is currently or even probably in the state of Minnesota. Uh so you know, they're doing some stories here and there. And I can go of course I can go on any anything online and look at things and look at Super Bowl ads and look at the the press conferences and media day and all that. But it's not on like the news constantly. I I honestly have not heard really anything other than uh, Guillermo from the Jimmy Kimmel show doing his media day thing, which was usually those things are, are, are tough. They're not that funny. It was, it was pretty funny because his interaction with Belichick was, was great. It was fantastic. Um, Belichick just was, did not want any part of it. And he asked him for a hug at the end. And and Belichick was like, I uh, I watched that. It's it's all, it's all so structured. I mean, when you think about what, the Super Bowl media days used to be like it was literally athletes meandering on an empty field with yeah with quote-unquote journalists right and then someone realized oh we can bust balls unfiltered here I wonder who the first one was because the players are cornered and the coaches are cornered so yeah let's get Guillermo out there or whatever and and he'll just bust shots and get him red-faced in front of a you know camera well the best was now now it's at 825 the important players will be at a podium at 
45, the lesser employees will be standing in the, you know, it's it's so super staged now. Well, yeah, he he did get in there though, but but the the best one ever was was from Jimmy Kimmel too when when uh cousin Sal a few years back, it was actually in a Super Bowl where it involved the Patriots and the Panthers. Um cousin Sal wore a John Casey jersey, the kicker, and sat up in the in the stands and reporters came up to him and thought he was John Casey for real and asked him <laughs> questions. <laughs> How you feeling about the game? <laughs> Throw him all over the place. Whoa, that John Casey nerves are getting the best of him. Experience could be a factor in this. Well, game. back to you. And the word was that John Casey was really mad about. It. I think there's video of it too. Like he can he talks to him and he was mad. And then don't forget. John Casey kicked the ball, the kickoff out of bounds at the at the end of the game that gave the Patriots awesome field position. Present. So anyway, yeah, anyway, that's that, that's that's been my. I haven't been paying attention following other than like the 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 reports about if he's cleared to play it or I'm, is he cleared to play? Let's let's he get that out been, of the way. He's been cleared okay. to play, and actually, at one point, there was footage and images of him in the padded practice with a normal white jersey on. Mm. And the press conferences have all been later in the afternoon, three, four o'clock. And I want to say it was two days ago, a reporter had said, you know, it's Bill Belichick. I'm sorry, they said Rob Gronkowski cleared the play. And Belichick said, no, we redshirted him. And then a reporter countered with, well, then why are there these images of him <laughs> catching balls and Oh, no. And then he actually apologized um, that he he had misspoke. And... So oh, that, was a, that was a little weird, you know. I, 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 the criticism around the Patriots. Well, I don't think it's has, weird. They never like to talk about that stuff. No, they don't like to talk about that stuff, but they don't ever get things wrong, right? I mean, everyone's like, oh, the Patriots are so detail-oriented, and I think there is credence to this criticism of, you know, you go to Deflategate. Well, you're so detail-oriented. You're telling me you don't know what happened with the equipment, but you know everything else, you know? And, and this is one of those conflicts where it's like, all right, what's the deal here? But I, to your point, I just think Belichick is just on autopilot when it comes to dealing with the media in such a, a gruff and yeah. way that, Oh, sorry. I was on cruise control. My bad. Yeah, he's playing. You know, just like just like Brady at the at the at the media day. Like Brady's still wearing the gloves. You know, which is hilarious. They're just they're just totally trolling the whole well, media. Okay, so you said all right. Well, what, what's what's been happening the last you know eight nine days leading yes. up to the Super Bowl? Well, yes. So the first thing was the Gronkowski, right? That was that was a huge competitive question, right? What's going to well, happen with Gronkowski? Well, but wait before you go on. I mean, really. As someone that follows football, you and I, if you're going to get a concussion, get it in the AFC or NFC Championship game, right? And then you have two weeks to recover. The, the guys in the regular season come back a week later when they shouldn't and all this stuff. So we all kind of knew he was going to be okay and come back, yeah, I, think I, was, I think. I think it was stupid. And yeah. to, your, to your point, Gronk has faced a lot of criticism in his career of being this Paul Bunyan slash China doll. Like when he plays, he's indestructible except when he's destructible and he's out and he's he's missed some significant games and he's suited up for a few really mm-hmm. banged up you could argue that they would have been a little more competitive in the 2010 super bowl you know had he been able to actually run on a really bad play 
Well, and then they last year they won the Super Bowl with an epic comeback. They actually, you know, went through the whole playoffs without Gronkowski. So yeah, there's so, that side of it. So yeah, I mean, knowing that they amped up his contract and knowing that there have been grumblings about, you know, how how the Patriots have tried to dictate some of his rehabilitative efforts and that there is a little bit of grumbling about his value and the contract and look, he might be the best tight end ever and he's clearly not going to make the most of all tight ends ever. That's on him and his agent. But no, you're, you're totally right. It was kind of silly to suggest that there was a really great risk. Intuitively, knowing what I know about watching football intensely for the last 30 years, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd have to say that like 10% of players get a concussion where they miss multiple weeks. It's usually a, a one-week thing. That's how we've known it to be, even in this more sensitive modern era. Very rarely do you see players across all sports get a concussion where it impacts them beyond a week. It happens, but, you know, given given that the overwhelming number of concussions that happen on a football field aren't even recorded or reported. Yeah, it's a joke. I want to say that even the rule, the rule may be like if a guy gets a concussion that he's technically supposed to miss the next week or, or quarterbacks or something like there's there's something around that or if it's not anymore there was and they just ignore it like they, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's such a it's such a joke I, anyway, I don't know of any so so Gron- so Gronkowski was was probably the overriding biggest story coming into the the weeks and then and then what else so I uh, from a New England perspective because I don't I'm not following Philadelphia the, mm-hmm. there's there's been a lot of talk about the Tom versus Time Facebook Watch <laughs> multi-series documentary, and I did hear about this a little bit because it's, so, it's social so media first, related. So, and this is just ridiculous, <laughs> right? So the first episode that they show, the you know, if you haven't heard, uh, Boston radio personality was unfairly critical of Tom Brady's daughter in the opening scenes because his little daughter is just yammering and shouting and screaming about going to play soccer and the, the i actually heard it live i was listening to the show because i was taking care of my my family and i heard it in the background and the guy just basically was who, calling who was it daughter of pissing the, who was it the, so the radio personality his name is alex reamer and he's a columnist and a personality on weei and he's a very young i want to say 24 25 he has really leveraged his homosexuality uh, into a character that offers a very different take on what's going on in, in Boston sports dialogue. And he is a very aggressive, aspiring personality. And he's definitely taken a risk to make some shockwaves and just went way out of bounds. And it was a classic example of someone young biting off way too much that they could chew. And wandering into territory they don't know, which is the protectiveness or overprotectiveness of parents in that kind of situation. Obviously someone with no kids. No kids, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And he went there. And so, you know, yeah. a couple days later, you know, Tom Brady has been going on WEEI on Monday mornings for almost 16 years. And, you know, he started the interview and just said, hey, you know, before we get going here, I, I do want to say I've heard that someone on your your network was just overly critical about, you know, my child. And, you know, I don't think anybody's child, nonetheless, mine should be subject to that. So I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't have much to say today. And then he, 
you know, very peacefully and cordially concluded the interview. And so for 24 to 48 hours, the station in Boston was the center of the, the, the sports universe because it, it, again, when sports starts bleeding into other topics, the topic became when, when is it fair or not to criticize a child? Because the other side of the conversation, right, there's, there's don't pick on children, don't shame them, don't bully them. The other side of the coin is, well, if you're a public figure and you're going to open up your children into that public figure status, you should expect this kind of criticism. That's, that's what people are doing. They're watching. They're reacting. Is it all appropriate? No. So you can't expect people to just sit there and not be critical of everything they see. Now, when it's, a, when it's a personality that's on air, there's some danger there. But still, I, I, so I can see it from both perspectives. Uh, but I don't know why anybody would, you know, verbally attack a child that they don't know anything of beyond, you know, 15-second audio clip. Um, and then, the, you know, they've been releasing vignettes, you know, little 15-minute versions of, or editions of this this series and the latest one i can't believe you haven't heard about this the conversation has been about tom brady and his son jack kissing him on the lips so tom brady's getting a massage from his uh physical fitness monkey alex guerrero and jack tom brady's oldest son 12 years old or so 12 14 i forget mm-hmm. comes in and says hey can i literally says can i check on my fantasy football team so he's asking for permission to go onto the computer and Tom Brady asked mm-hmm. a couple of questions like, oh, well, what are you going to do for me? And so his son very lovingly comes over and kisses his father on the lips. And his father says, well, I was a cheap pick. And then, you know, he comes back and gives his dad a, a firmer kiss, but he kisses him on the lips. And there was this criticism about, like, should you be kissing your, should a man be kissing his son on the lips to show affection? And there was just this dialogue about that to the point where CBS News News had actually put together a small piece with a couple social workers claiming claiming that it's dangerous to to have favors or requests satisfied by physical requests or physical tasks. So it's just Hmm. the scrutiny around, around athletes. It's so high. Well, it's it's Super Bowl, Super Bowl week. week. It's it's there. Yes. Yeah, there. Every every little thing is gonna get. I I would defer to my my lovely wife, who's in early childhood oh, development God. on on that stuff. And uh, yeah, I I don't know because the, there's see how, how there's the three some topics. Yeah. one has been football. You know, so then then there's the oh, thumb. of course, of course. Okay, so what's the yeah. status of Tom Brady's thumb? He keeps coming out and doing press conferences wearing. Weird hats indoors and and gloves all the time. <laughs> you know, up glove one right. day, and an Under Armour mitt the next day. So that's been a little weird. But is but is it weird or is it? I mean, I really think it's just look. He played with it. He had an amazing game in the AFC title game. He played with it. It, he it was is fine. weird because yes, he played with it. He got the stitches out, and he just refuses to show anybody. He's messing with people. Like I he's, don't understand. He's got to be. He totally is. Got to be just to distract people. Like, like you know what? What do I want them to talk about? Do I want them obsessed with my hands, or do 
right? Because that's the devil you do know. Or do I want them to ask me a bulk of questions about something I don't really want to talk about? And he seemed very comfortable sidestepping the hand. They did it for a whole, you know, three-day period. If it's you, put yourself in as Tom Put myself in his club. You, Mike. Yes. And how much how much fun would you not be trying to at this point in your career be putting on a different glove every, of like every you would be messing with people on a daily oh, basis i, I would with, have if i would have a in front a of the camera lineup a very specific <laughs> yes. glove i'd find gloves that had like a historical reference i'd latex I mean, gloves yeah, surg- latex surgical gloves yeah then you go out yeah. with a michael jackson studded <laughs> glove right Dishwashing, dishwashing glove, an of glove, the hamburger helper glove. I, there's so many gloves. The, the Hulk, the Hulk, the Hulk fist, fist. That target that smashes. Yeah, I like oh, it. I wish that would be amazing. Or the Super That'd Mario That would be a lot hands. of fun. I, I like the direction you're going. <laughs> yeah. And then the other day, there was a PR guy from the Patriots just standing next to one of the interview podiums. And someone took a photo of the podium, but he was in the shot. And he was holding a stack of documents. And someone zoomed in on the stack of documents. And lo and behold, the top document was very clearly a copy of Tom Brady's MVP acceptance speech. And that led to rumors that, oh, they, I think the Patriots just leaked that Tom Brady won the MVP. Because, you know, the voting is done by the Associated Press. Well, the voting's already done. They do the award ceremony now. The the ceremony's tomorrow night, night, That's right, along with the announcement of the Hall of Fame finalists. Yeah, yeah, all those goofy awards that they do now. So so basically, it was, you know, the Twizzphere was kicking around the theory that, oh, Brady won the NFL MVP because he's got a speech, so he must know something that we don't all know. And oh then, you know, Patriots PR staff came out and said, no, 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 slow your roll. When the player is actually in the game, they don't attend the big event, right? Because they're, they're sleeping mm-hmm. before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, mm-hmm. they have a pre-recorded speech in case they did, in fact, win the award. So, yeah, nothing significant. Right. Weird stuff, you know. Um, but I will say today was capped off by Alshon Jeffrey pseudo guaranteeing a victory over the Patriots. He didn't <laughs> from what I saw, he didn't use the G word, oh but he, he did say with great clarity that they will win the game. So So it's it's enough that, that they it's bulletin board material that will They up. clearly do not care about bulletin board material. The the Eagles are coming at this the right way. They're like we're they're they're playing with swag. You know, and they're going to do their thing. They've got the. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to go against you there. I'm gonna take history. I'm gonna take history and say every time teams have have done that. No, what? The New York Giants were talking all sorts of shit in '07. Guaranteed a victory. Plaxico Barres predicted that the Patriots wouldn't score any more than 14 points, and Uh, Tom Brady. That's not guaranteeing a victory. That, but way. that's talking shit. That's bulletin board material, and that—that's even worse. Yeah. Are you serious? Like you almost expect someone to be like, "Yeah, I guarantee." I mean, at this point now, every big game like this, that there's like ten reporters that fish for this. Like, do you guarantee a victory? Right? If they hear someone saying, "Oh, we feel real good about our chances," 
Like, do you think you'll win? Well, I hope we'll win. Do you guarantee you'll win? Like, they try to fish her right into it. That that almost has less of a reverberation than if someone were to specifically say, oh, yeah, Tom Brady, um, you know, we look forward to challenging him, but he's not going to throw any more than 200 yards. People would light the world on fire. They'd be like, whoa, seriously? You just put a cap on that? So, so yeah, you know, that's where I'm going with that. So Alshon Jeffrey gave him bulletin board material. I don't think it's a factor. You clearly do. No, I mean, I mean, as much of a factor as anything like that could be. I just, I'm just saying. Any any time you typically hear uh, Giants aside, because now we know the Giants are kryptonite <laughs> to the Patriots, and you know they if they were in this game, we'd we'd I'd be betting on the Giants to win because of because nature giants. and. Because <laughs> yeah, because Giants, like we, they can't beat them in the Super Bowl. So, um, or haven't been, haven't been able to. But no, I just, I mean, it's. I'm just saying that as bulletin board material, as, as, as a team. Like, I fully, I fully expect that Bill Belichick takes that comment and makes sure that the the team is aware of it. Is what I'm saying. No, you, it's not you that are it's right. literally. They're, they're, they're not, yeah, they're he not, uses every little advantage he can. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Yeah, they're not forgetting it. They're definitely running down the list of, you know, pre-Super Bowl atrocities. Poking the bear. Yeah, I mean, he just he knows how to how to tweak his team, and it's to be honest, the fact that it's 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 been it's worked so many times. Where someone's like said something like that, um, I feel like it's more it's specifically Brady, like <laughs> because over the years it was it was the Steelers back in two thousand one that started that where they were booking their everything and oh, they, they the, everything was they had everything packed everything for the Super Bowl yeah like everything was booked hotels and everything yeah. and and they're like bragging about oh yeah that we we're going we're gonna win the AFC title game here in, in our home stadium and beat the Patriots and they I don't know I, I almost feel like it's it's a thing for, for Brady potentially that Belichick knows like because Brady has has such a and he still has like an underdog feeling like it goes back to his college days where they wouldn't even give him the starting job his senior year perpetual over yeah. so, the so freshman when, yeah when like he's a that's 14 thing. point favorite he's still eh, nobody wanted me eh, nobody thought I could start yeah, Pete Manning lives. Ah. He's still got that chip on his shoulder, and, that, and by the way, that which wasn't is my not. Uh, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like it. It sounded like it was, but I were. That's how I thought. But it's but it's common. That that's a common thing for players to get all riled up from what something they perceive You're to be right, some hey, slight. But Brady has said in public within like the last three weeks, when it comes to other people's criticism, he said he doesn't need anybody to motivate him. He is individually and independently motivated. He does not need any external factors. Well, sure. But others do. Sure, he doesn't need it. others do. Like, others need to... Like, like, who was the guy again from uh, Jacksonville? Jalen... Am I saying... Ramsey. What is it again? Jalen Ramsey. I was just watching the Celtics, so I have Jalen Brown on the brain. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey was talking a lot of shit. Look, that's what he has to do. That that's that's his style of motivation, right? He wants to write a huge right. check, and on Sunday he's going to play his ass off to check to cash it. And I get mm-hmm. that, you know, and people perceive that as stupidity, but it works. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens 
were every bit that team. And they were mm-hmm. very successful. They had an incredible run with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and the host of other defensive players. Um, and they were very much that type of we're going to be there on Sunday and we're going to run you over. So, if you know, the Patriots just they, – they try to be of but above, right? And that's, that's part of the sure. elitist, you know, reputation that they've built that people have a disdain for. Like, oh, you're not, you're not going to have fun with this. You're not going to respond. And, you know, they just don't get pulled into that that blah blah yeah well so it, we're we're into the show here i i'm gonna say that i have roughly 30 minutes uh for let's for us to really discuss the game the two teams um the the action on the field as best as best that we we know how and as 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 best that our listeners are thousands of listeners out there that tweet us message us the emails i've been getting crazy crazy emails letters in the mail it's like i feel like santa i feel like santa claus there's there's mail coming in like people with their questions they're oh my god you guys are you're killing it you guys are killing it all the patriots fans pats nation thank you we we couldn't do it without you um wink wink that being said mike uh Super Bowl is in two days. Um, how do you how do you feel the game will go in general? It, are we talking blowout? Are we talking very close down to the last play? Are we talking the typical kind of iffy start for the Patriots? Eagles take an early lead. Patriots come back, maybe get some points before the half, and then run away a little bit in the in the second half after making adjustments or what what kind of game are you seeing for the Super Bowl this year? It's I feel like this game is gonna be slow in the first half and then get wild in the second half. So Michael Lombardi, the former scout and executive for the Patriots and the Browns and somebody that's followed Bill Belichick for decades from post to post, you know, he had shared a really interesting perspective on things and he shared this kind of analogy. The world's greatest swordsman does not fear the second greatest swordsman. He fears the <laughs> unconventional swordsman. And his point in saying that is the Patriots excel on getting teams to play left-handed. How do you achieve that when you're facing a team that's already left-handed? And that is the challenge in preparing for the Eagles. So while it's clear what their personnel is, and defensively they haven't faced a lot of change, like their system is on tape, and you can see what they're trying to do against similar opponents, Uh, their offense is the big question mark, right? So there's a lot of tape on Nick Foles, but none of it's useful because he's in a different system or he's in a different city. And what you have seen has been very erratic. So the last three games they played, they they played a tight one, they played a high-scoring one, uh, and then they protected him for a third. And then the two postseason games Nick Foles has played, the first game against Atlanta, he averaged five yards a a throw. The next game Mm -hmm. against Minnesota, he was 10-plus yards per throw. So they went from a dink and dunk to a very vertical game. So Foles has shown really a dynamic spectrum of play calling and play execution 
And that is that is difficult for the Pats. So where am I going with this? I really do feel like the first half is going to be about feeling each other out. And I and I can't help but recall the Carolina Super Bowl that you referenced earlier, where the first half was literally, you know, seven to six Patriots. And it looked like it was going to be a meat grinder. And then they come out in the second half and you see what just what we've seen in a number of Brady Super Bowls. You see the defenses are starting to wear down because they're running 60, 70 plays. You see the defenses and offenses changing because they've got a glimpse of what they're trying to do in the game. And now they've had time to make adjustments with personnel and scheme. And then from there, it just it really opens up. And now it's about executing the plays and making plays. So if I had to put a guess to it, I'd say 31-24 Patriots. I think the Patriots are in control the entire game, but I don't think I don't think the Patriots ever have a lead greater than than you know a, a single score to the very end. <clears throat> that's that's where I'm going with this, and I I I, I believe that this is really crude simplification because I know when the Patriots were 18 and 0 and they lost to the Giants in 07. I'm pretty sure the New York Giants <coughs> were the fifth seed, and um, that's. A- they may have been the sixth. Yeah, I know they played Tampa Bay on the road. Yeah, they, oh, they played all the road. It was all road yeah, games. So, both times, both times they were just, they were. Weird. I want to say the sixth seed and won three yeah. road games. So, I don't want to. I, I I guess I'm kind of being a traditional meathead, mouth breather Patriots fan when I say this, but if you just put it on paper and you say their path to the Super Bowl was essentially the Titans with Mariota the Jaguars with Bortles, and then the Eagles with Foles. I, I mm-hmm. definitely have confidence that the Pats win this game because, you know, this is where you get exposed. And I just see Foles is overdue to crap himself and remind everybody why he's the world's greatest backup, which is how he's being framed this week, which I find kind of hilarious. So. Let me let me ask you that. Well, we all know that Jimmy Garoppolo is the world's greatest backup. That's been yeah, cool. Jimmy G. Um, let me uh, let me throw this at you. Do you think that playing against the Jaguars last week was was of any indication for either team for how the Patriots might face the Eagles? Because are they are they similar in the sense of they both have these really good defenses? Eagles defense, I think, is much better. Um, but same idea where they they can play good D. They can they have a line that can they don't have to blitz every down to get to Brady. They have they have a good line like they have guys in the, in the defensive backfield that can cover. Um, so the the idea is that they both they had some trouble with the Jaguars. They had to come back and win the game at the end, but eventually they did. Um, one thing Lombardi said that I heard right after the Jaguars game, which was interesting was he he really believes that J- Jacksonville ran out of plays essentially on offense that they they like their offense is limited because of Bortles and they the, they ran they had to run so many plays that and even Gilmore um there's there's some confirmation of this because the last play where Stefan Gilmore knocked the ball down on that fourth pass seen that
you know, th- take that with. Looked like it. I mean, God, sure. I mean, he, he it totally looked like it. He I mean, he was totally picked it up. Yeah. So, so anyway, the, the point is that, like, does your opinion, does, does last week's game help them in any sort of preparation for, for this week's game, even uh, if it's it, only it's in the enormous, sense of. It's enormous. Yeah. And actually, taking a, well, a step back and taking a, a much larger view of things, right? <clears throat> so, uh, again, I obsess over 2007. We go back. I know what you're going to say. When Go you ahead. think about yeah. 07, yep. they had this barn burner battle yep. with the Giants in New York, right? It might have been the last greatest game to be played in East Rutherford. Well, the, the same thing happened with the Ravens and the Eagles. It was the last couple games of the season that they there was in question whether they were going to go undefeated. Oh, no, and wait. They... So, so wait, 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 wait. So they go into the postseason. They host Jacksonville with... Jack Del Rio, who's a mega dumb dumb, and David Garrard, right? A really limited mobile quarterback. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a really competitive game, but the Pats just played okay. And then they played the San Diego Chargers in New England. And if you recall, the Chargers were without Philip Rivers <laughs> and they were without Ladanian Tomlinson. So yeah, they game, had an easy route. That game was Michael Turner, who had a career stretch. And I, I just the backup's name flashed in my head for a moment. Was um, it Charlie Whitehurst? No. I can't remember, though. Oh. But they – they and they didn't really – that wasn't like a 50-14 to 14 game like they were putting up in the first eight weeks of the season that year. So when they walked into the Super Bowl, I, I felt like, you know, they weren't battle-tested. They, they kind of like right. lazily squeaked by two teams. Then – you look at the second year they lost against the Giants. That Ravens AFC Championship game, they should have lost that game twice. Right? Mm-hmm. You had Lee Evans catch a ball and just drop it because Sterling Moore whacked it out of his hands. And you had Billy Cundiff shank a kick. Mm-hmm. So really that was a, that was kinda like how I felt about the Vikings and their miracle catch against the Saints a couple weeks ago. The better mm-hmm. team did not get through and it ended up showing itself in the next game. That's what happened to the Patriots. The Patriots were not the better team. They they scraped out. They escaped a loss, and and it, it hurt them. So there's kind of a double a double sided threat here. When you're the top seed, you have the easiest path in the playoffs, and it helps you get there. But it, I I always worry about does it battle test you? And you think about some of the AFC Championship games the Pats have played. You know they faced really good opponents, or they've had a really good game somewhere where there was a threat and they were tested. So, you know, it was the, it was the Texans last year that Brady mm-hmm. had a bad game. They, yep, had they almost lost. Really they, good I mean, defense. they could have lost that game. They had, yeah, they had Parcells and Belichick coaches all over the sideline. So it was, it was a really tough matchup. It was the toughest matchup they were going to face the entire playoffs. Yep. And then you look at the prior run. You know, when they're facing the Broncos, you know, or they're facing the Ravens and they're down by 14 points twice in a single game. So I I feel like that Jacksonville game was really important because that is, in my eyes, the best defense they're going to face. And it absolutely matters. It matters because now they know they're going to have a real good idea of what a super competitive defense is going to require to be successful. So I, I think it's that whole concept of steel forges steel, and I think it really benefits them because I, I personally think the Jaguars' defense is better. I get that the Eagles are fantastic, but if you look at their division this year, 
they had a cowboy team that was totally dysfunctional and missing their best player. It's a, it was a run-oriented offense that didn't have a running back. Then you look at, at the mess in Washington. They, they gutted their offensive receivers, and they brought in a bunch of new guys that all kind of sucked. So it took them a while to figure it out. By the time they did, the season was over. And then, uh, you know, the, you look at the Giants. The Giants were astonishingly bad to the point where they benched one of their greatest players ever for, you know, for what I feel is uh, shallow reasons. And then the, some of their com- competition in the postseason. The Falcons' offense has been horrible. We've talked about this a number of times on Riding the Pine, the best podcast that no one's ever heard of, where mm-hmm. the guy went for 900 yards and one touchdowns. Julio Jones, right? That's insane. Right. So their offense was a wreck. And then you've got, you know, uh, the Vikings and my concept or my idea behind the Nick Foles. And you're eventually, as a career backup, going to come out and just crap yourself for no good reason. That is exactly what happened with the Vikings quarterback in Philadelphia, you know, Mm -hmm. in the NFC championship game. He just he came out. He had a crappy game. That's that's what happens. Consistency is is part of the problem with these career backups that are thrust into a starting role. So I, I feel like for those reasons, it's a strength. The only negative to it is with the Patriots winning without Gronk, it really did give the Eagles an idea of what to expect if, in fact, Gronk does not play or ends up getting you know, beat up during the game and has to leave the field. It, it really did kind of show their hand. And the reason why that matters is, if you recall, they lost that game in Miami because Gronk got suspended in Buffalo the week prior. I want to say this is week 14, week 13. And uh, they had to play without Gronk, and they were horrible. They couldn't move the ball. It was, it was a really bad offensive scenario. They obviously fixed it. But you never know, right? So, so now they got a glimpse of what to expect if Gronk would have bombed out. And that was part of Jacksonville's issue. When you have a primary player like Gronk, who you game plan around, all of a sudden disappear – you cut the head off the body, and now you don't know what it's going to do because it's not you, you can't see what direction it's looking before it moves. And that was kind of an accidental in-game advantage to, to a really bad situation. So ultimately, super long-winded answer, but we're here to talk. I think the Jacksonville defense is the best they've they faced all year, and the fact that they escaped them, I, I think it's going to make a big difference. And I ultimately think that's why they win tomorrow or Sunday. I would, yeah. I mean, I, I I do think the Eagles' defense is at least as good, if not a little bit better. That because you could make the same argument with the Jaguars, as far as opponents faced, they were in an, an even worse division, technically against who they faced. They they didn't Definitely. face Deshaun Watson either time. They you know like there was there was all these things that happened. Like they they lost to the Colts. I think <laughs> it was it was something stupid. So. So I mean that that argument can be made I think on both sides they they're both they're both full full of good young players, um, and and well well coached seemingly except the Jaguars did, they they did fall apart a little bit they showed their their youth um, at certain points and at, at certain key points when they weren't keeping their composure, and it and it cost them like I it may have cost them the game at a couple different points because they were a call for penalties and let things happen that really shouldn't have. Um, so anyway, I, 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 they, they, they couldn't reel in that overwhelming physical and 
mouthy nature that the Ravens were were, but it's were lear- able it's to a learning spring more often than not. Yeah, ride the success. Yeah, because they but they had to go through that too. They had to learn learn they to sure do that did. too. Yep. Um, I agree with you. I think I think being battle tested has proven itself to be a better a better thing for a team, whether it's even in the NBA or NFL, NHL. I don't know probably, but I don't watch hockey much. Um, baseball for sure. Um, you know, there's there's some statistics out there about these teams that win the most like one and two run games or come from behind in the ninth inning, stuff like that. Like they tend to be really, <laughs> really successful in playoffs or world series and things. So, so there's something, there's definitely something to be said for that. There's some sort of correlation um, add to that, that Brady and many of the players, not just Brady, cause he gets, he gets this too. Um, he gets this credit for, Hey, I, on game day, like I know how to pace myself. I know it's gonna. It's a long halftime. There's a whole pregame. There's all this, all this music. Like you can't get amped and 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 peak too early. He, like we all know that he knows that. But then there's also guys like Devin McCourty that's been there before. Nate Nate Solder's been there before. Like there's there's definitely guys on the team that have been there. That the Gronk, um, they know how it how it goes. So the experience is there even though they're still a relatively young team themselves. Um, so I, I'm not worried about that part. I, I'm, I'm definitely a little, a little concerned about the defense being able to get to Brady. Um, I think there's plenty of tape for the Patriots to analyze, and I, I'm, confident, I'm, I'm confident with McDaniels wanting to go out in a, in a nice swan song before he leaves to another team. And, and get another ring, and, and he can pick apart these defenses just as good as Brady can. I don't know what's going to happen next year when McDaniels is gone. Um, I mean, Brady is, is the one that's on the field doing it, but McDaniels, there's no questioning his influence on Brady's career over these last several years, and well, then even while he was gone. Is a really creative and instinctive play caller. I mean, he, but he smart. It's not just creativity. Yeah. It's not just creativity. It's, yeah. it's intelligence. Like he knows, he knows how to pick these defenses apart yeah. off the field where he, he and Brady have this like synergy where Brady just takes, takes that ability on the field. And he's seen so much, of course, he knows well, they, all the defenses. They have a super tight relationship. Yeah. They're, they're, they're best buddies. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I think it's going to be a fairly close game that the Patriots have never not played a close game in a Super Bowl. Um, they've all been close games, except, I mean, in the Brady era. They've literally all been close games. Even the yeah. ones that they've, they've lost have come yep. down to the final drive, um, the final plays. Well, so, people, people forget <clears throat> that the Super Bowl in 2010 against the Giants ended on a Hail Mary that Gronk almost caught. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Patriots don't die when you beat them. Uh, you know they they go down swinging. Yep, yep. So, so I now that being said, I I am not ruling out. I am not ruling out the fact that the Patriots are due for a blowout of another team in the Super Bowl because they have yet to do that. Mm. So, the the conditions will be favorable. It's in a dome. <laughs> uh, I I still say. I still say Brandon Cooks is I, I would put money on him as as Super Bowl MVP 
potentially because I think he's gonna he might he might steal it. I think he's gonna have a huge. Mm, game you're right. picking MVPs. Wow. I, I, potentially. I mean, look, it's other than Brady, right? If the Patriots have a blowout, if they if they have a blowout victory, I think the MVP would be Gronk. Uh, that that to me would be. The Eagles have no answer for him, and he's he's catching balls one handed over the middle in double teams. He's roasting one on one coverage for fifty yard gains. It's you know, and, and and you know how it is. The media likes to spread it around if they can justify it, even though the goat who's back there under center. But you know, when I think about the competitors on the Eagles side of the ball, you know, Mitchell, their safety, he had a pick six against Brady. Uh, three years ago, remember in 2015 <laughs> when Chip Kelly went in there against the yes, uh, yes. he he brought one back deep in yes. the territory. He did and that that game kind of spoiled that whole season because that was that one point loss to the Pats. Uh, I'm sorry to the Broncos in Denver, where if they had hung on to one of those games, specifically that Eagles game, because that they were atrocious. They might have been a two win team. Uh, they, that game would have been played in New England, and the idea is the Patriots would have had, you know, the advantage. Yeah, I've heard, I, I have. There's a nightmare when there's a player under center. I have, I have heard about that. I, I just maybe. I mean, Brady's got it all in his memory I'm bank. Is, I'm not, I'm not putting I'm that just, in a, I'm as just, a factor. I'm that, the, that guy knows how to. Your argument. I'm no, no, no. I know, I know, really and I'm not. Players over there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not. I'm not like arguing that with you. I'm just saying I've heard that. I am. I've heard that, and people like. I, th- I find it hilarious when people um, kind of say, oh, well, this one time, <laughs> this one time that this person had uh, success against against another player, like, that's some sort of a, of a factor. And it was multiple years ago. Like, I, sure. I mean, if you're reaching for things, I guess you could. Like, does that signal that he knows he knows how to play against Tom Brady and the Patriots? Like, I I don't think so. Um, I think the Eagles have had a very cupcake season. Carson Wentz, in my eyes, if I had a vote, I would vote Carson Wentz as MVP. He played 13 out of 16 games, and he's where they are because of him. So I, I really do believe he's the MVP of the league. And, you know, he basically gave that defense a lot of pad. So Sure. Yeah, they, that's the one thing I've made... heard too. Is as far as playing from, they're the ones that are not battle tested, even in the playoffs. They've made people, you know, they've 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 made people believe in them because of this postseason run. Yeah, they've you know, like I said, they they beat up a backup quarterback, then they beat up a dysfunctional, you know, offense in Matt Ryan and the Falcons, and the bye week insulates them from that risk. So, I, I they have not faced a Tom Brady all season. They haven't, you know. Like I said, Prescott, Cousins, Eli. Mason, yeah, I, I all three of them had played. all three of them had bad seasons. They, re- oh, they well, really. I don't know did. about the rest of the teams that they played. I mean, they maybe they. I don't know who else they played. They played like Aaron Rodgers or something or Breeze. Um, but, but, but the point is, the point is, it doesn't matter. The yeah, prime of his like he's playing as well as he can. Yes, he's, and and he's gonna win the MVP award as a reward for last for last Super Bowl. That that's on that echo of that game carried into this regular season and it's very justifiable to bestow that on him but he's he's playing as well as he can ever play and you're right they haven't faced that fire before so i it, like i said i'm not i'm not saying that one play 
means anything today because it was a different defensive system and blah, blah, blah. Right. All I'm saying is, yeah, you know, maybe the Eagles are as good as Jacksonville, and, and but they haven't been as tested because the games, you know, haven't been uh, the highest of caliber, right? They're playing a last-place schedule or, or middling schedule where the Pats – Look at the quarterbacks the Patriots have had to play this year. It's insane. It's it's everybody's on the Pro Bowl. John Watson, Ben Roethlisberger, yep. Drew Brees. That's you know, it's it's crazy. So I don't know. I don't know. If the Eagles have faced a guy like Brady in a system like his. No. So let's while. let's move into our predictions because I like I said I'm on a little bit of a time crunch here. But first, before we do, we've got a special special comment from the Patriots' biggest fan. Valentina. Valentina, are you the Patriots' biggest fan? Yes. Can you say that a little louder? Are you the Patriots' biggest fan? She said yes. She said yes, everyone. Um, That fluctuates from week to week um, when she wears either Cardinals or Patriots gear. This week she's a Patriots fan. That is my four-year-old. Well, that's good. For that, so moving into predictions, um, let's. This is this is it, Mike. Uh, what is what is your prediction? Patriots thirty-one twenty-four. Rob Gronkowski is the Super Bowl MVP. That's you actually Nick, did say that a little bit before too. Nick Foles has a two interception game. Does he does he play well or two, two interceptions is just bad bad interceptions? He, he's compet. No, he's. I would say he's competitive. I don't okay. think he. I don't think he craps himself, but he's he's by no means, you know, going to go sixty snaps, forty completions, three hundred eighty yards. I don't see that happening. Gotcha. I don't see it happening. As much as I want to say wishful thinking, Patriots by thirty, I don't think it's going to happen. I think I I think it's a typical typical Patriots game where they they maybe start out a little slow, um, and it's close in the first half. They they get some points before the end of the first half, and then second half they make the adjustments and they win. I'm going to give a score for the Super Bowl, Mike. Are you ready? I'm ready, baby. 79 no um we're going to go with 27 to 21 oh, okay you know uh, thinking about your wish for a blowout it would be fantastic to have it wrapped up by the third quarter where one could smoke a festive cigar if they chose to <laughs> or have some extra bourbon if they wish and Imagining that just for a moment, as ludicrous as it sounds, it makes you realize exactly how horrific it was for Atlanta Falcon fans last year when they were up 28 to 3. If you're up 28 to 3, you are 110% positive this is done. And you are absolutely kicking your feet up thinking, wow, I'm going to see history. My guys are going to win it. That is a horrifying reality to to even tease the idea of a blowout, knowing that literally no lead is safe when you're talking about championship professional football. 
God. And now, oh, the, man, thank God that's not our reality to this point. Well, quiet. Um, <laughs> that is a great point. I didn't think about that. However, as you know, one of my great favorite pastimes is watching YouTube videos from the Atlanta Falcons fans' perspective oh, from last, last year. That is great. Yes, yes. Um, which has carried over into this year when, of course, the new, the new viral, viral football video was watching either side of the Saints-Vikings finale, uh, watching Vikings fans in a Vikings bar just lose their collective shit, um, and then watch, watching Saints fans just be, be demolished. That was, hor- that was horrifying. There was also some viral stealer. Uh, you know, react. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. There were a couple yeah. notable, notable uh, mental breakdowns. Yes, large screen TVs being thrown over <laughs> balconies. There were a couple good ones from that. So. Yes, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah look, so, hoping, hoping that doesn't happen this year in the Super Bowl. So wait, Patriots side. Can I ask one quick question to close out? Yeah, if the Patriots lose this game. What does that mean to their legacy, and how do you take it as a fan? I, 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 as a fan, it's it's still all gravy. Like honestly, it's, and especially after last last year's Super Bowl, I literally came away from that. I was like, if they never make the Super Bowl again, I I cannot complain. I cannot say anything. I watched this whole season with like, that's awesome. They won. <laughs> <laughs> they oh Brady looked great again. This this is great. I'm gonna miss him when he's gone. Like it it was literally that type of. It wasn't hanging on every throw uh, as it has been in the past. It, it wasn't hanging on every like victory or like when they lost to the Chiefs. It wasn't like we all knew. We all knew. Oh well, by the end of the season, you know they'll be ahead of the Chiefs and <laughs> the Chiefs will lose in the first round. Like and like, Alex Smith will be dumped. <laughs> Yeah. It'll all work. It'll, believe me, it'll all work out. Yeah, like uh, week one. Come on, give me a break. So, so as a fan, it's all it's all great. It's it's definitely all been gravy since after the last Super Bowl. This is just like icing on the cake. If they lose this game, look. If they get blown out and Brady has like four interceptions or so, like, that's a different story. I don't see that happening. If they lost the game in any fashion, um. I don't think it still tarnishes the legacy because, okay, they they still won they won, <laughs> they won five and and arguably they're they're five maybe not the top five but they're five of the seven greatest Super Bowls. You know, if they lose this game. I think there'll be a very small percentage of fans that that feel like it. It's like a step backwards for this concept that they're the greatest dynasty in in pro football. Uh, you know, I don't think I I, I kind of don't think they're the greatest dynasty in, in pro football. I I think they're like in the conversation. I I, I just don't think it's overwhelming if they lose this game. Oh. They, they, I- I disagree they that they're not. I feel like they had a competitive stretch, and obviously Brady and Belichick are the best combo ever. And the stretch of winning is one of the best stretches ever. There's actually it's, it's actually kind of competitive with a couple other teams. Um, mm, you know, I disagree. 
but entirely. But I, but I feel like they're obviously he, he, Brady's the best ever. I don't think you can argue that. I think Belichick will ultimately be the best ever in a variety of meaningful ways. Um, but as a fan, I, I, I think what you're looking for here is like legacy stuff. Like if they win this game, then they are the greatest dynasty in pro football because they had a double dynasty. And I don't think you can find that kind of timeline anywhere in sport where a player has so much success at the beginning of their career, sustain it through the intermediary and then close out that way. So, well, I can tell you where it was is, is the Celtics, someone like Bill Russell. Bob Cousy. Yeah, and my, my my criticism of that would be a lot of people look at the NBA and they they it sounds like you're driving away from the podcast. Um, and and you know the NBA was small, you know, and and it wasn't as competitive from a, a volume or size uh, perspective as the NFL is today or MLB has always been. But with that said, Vinny, I'm gonna let you do your thing. Take Valentina, drop her off at the roller skating rink. Have a slice of pizza for me. Go Pats, 31-24. Gronk's the MVP. Nick Foley has an average game.